We are in Helaman 2 and 3 today. And the first thing that we get to is there's no one on the judgment scene. As you know, Pohoran's three sons have been, are dead now. And I just, isn't that just so sad? It just is crazy. So why would anyone want the job? And so it's vacant. And it's interesting to me that they appoint Helaman, the prophet of God. And they've done this in the past. This has been the case with Alma the Younger. And the case in other times when the prophet has then decided it's too much work and kind of left that and gone to just be the prophet. So here we have a time where really they need a righteous man to lead. And so they choose Helaman. And I think that's such an awesome thing in a statement that still the majority are good. And we're told in the scriptures over and over when the voice chooses righteousness, then they have God's backing. And what a blessing that is. So we see that here. And then we find out in chapter 2 about Kish Kuman, who has started this band. And we actually have heard of him because he goes and he kills um, Pohorin. But here we have that Gadianton is introduced. And Gadianton comes and he so um, convinces them that he's the man for the job and flatters them. And we have all of those words that are so reminiscent of Amalekiah. And it's so interesting to me that Kishkumen has started this band, but Gadianton takes it over. And it becomes known as the Gadianton robbers, not the Kishkumen robbers. And I don't know if that's because Kishkumen dies in this chapter or if it's because Gadianton is so incredibly wicked. And it sure seems that he's so incredibly wicked that he even overtakes it from Kishkumen. And so that's just really interesting to me for your name, Gadianton's name, to go out, go into the history books for his wickedness. And it's kind of like when Cain murders Abel and it tells him he is Master Mahan because he has a body, so he's even more wicked than Satan. And that just is a sad thing to me that you could use this opportunity, this gift of a life, this gift of a body, and this time of probation to show who you will follow for wickedness and, and man, the great wickedness of Gadianton. And it even says in here, you know, um, it says, in verse 13, and behold, in the end of this book, ye shall see this Gadianton did prove the overthrow of almost the entire destruction of the people of Nephi. And then he goes on to say, I don't mean the end of the book of Helaman. I mean the end of the book of Nephi. And what he means is the book of Mormon. And it does. It just leads to the entire destruction. And we're now um, about 50 years till Christ comes. And it's just sad. So that's the introduction of Gadianton. Okay, and we have here in opposition to that wickedness human who is now the chief judge and the prophet. And and I did have the question, why do you think Helaman was okay taking that job after we've had now all of this death, these three men die? And the the I would ask my kids that, why do you think he's okay? And obviously he's okay because he knows he's on God's errand. He knows he has God's backing and he has complete faith in God and trust in God. And I remember at one time during an election, and I won't say election, uh, which election, I was very distraught and very concerned. And at a point where I was just extremely teary, just sure that our world was coming to an end. And 
and over the choices that were being made and people voted on. And I was just really um, upset. And I remember going over to visit at the Irene's home. I'd been able to visit Sister Irene for the past 15 years once a week. And, and she was, they are, are my parents' neighbors and have had such a huge impact in my life. And so I was over there and the one of the nurses that was there happened to say I was saying this because, of course, we got close to the nurses that were there. And she said, oh, that's interesting. I was expressing that same thing to President Irene. And he, she said he laughed and said, you've got to remember God is in charge. It's all going to work out. It's okay. And that helped me so much. Not that it's not important for us to weigh those out and to um, vote according to our conscience, but to remember, and I really needed to be told that, that God's in charge. Okay, so we start verse 3, and it really is a scary time because we've got the Gadianton robbers, but we also have this Helaman, who is the son of Helaman, and um, who is the grandson of Alma, and so this great man who is our chief judge and our prophet at this time. So it tells us, um, it's kind of cute, Mormon does this whole side note, note about what is happening and the spread of the people from all over the land, um, that contention is growing because of dissensions, that's very much like it's been in his father's lifetime, but then he goes on to tell us about that they build with cement, that they're covering the whole earth, that there's shipping that happens, and all of these little kind of side notes, and then you get to verse 14, so that's all of that, verse 14, and he says, a hundredth part of the proceeding of these people, I can, this is a hundredth part of it, that he can only record that much, and really, when you're talking about people writing their spiritual experiences, which we have been told to do, this is so much less than I've even recorded of my spiritual experiences and how I've seen the hand of God in my life. So you have to imagine, yeah, this is just such a tiny blip into their lives and what was going on. And so I really look forward. The reason I think that's important is I get so excited because we're told once we treasure what we have, we will receive more. Once we have totally digested this and it has become a part of our life, we're told we will get more. And I really look forward to reading more and the longer record and the greater account of these people that we so come to love in these scriptures. Okay, so jump to verse 20. Nevertheless, Helaman, so it tells us about the contentions growing. Nevertheless, Helaman did fill the judgment seat with justice and equity and did observe to keep the statutes and the judgments and the commandments of God. And we know, what are we tracking? Obedience equals prosperity, right? So here it is. And he did do that which was right in the sight of God continually. And he did walk after the ways of his father insomuch he did prosper in the land. So there's obedience equals prosperity. Okay, and it tells us that he was like his dad. Well, enough said, right? That's all you have to tell us because we have this incredible record of the older Helaman in the record of Alma. And so we, he just feels like I don't need to multiply that. He's like his dad. Okay, in 21, he names his sons Nephi and Lehi. And he may have more than those, but he tells us of those two sons. And I think that's so cool because what are the thoughts and intents that go in 
to naming your children. And so what were his hopes for his kids? And so I would have a discussion teaching seminary. How was your name chosen? How did your parents choose your name? What was the thought that went into that? And I love that thought. You could even have the discussion, what is a name that you would like to give one of your future children and why? And it just tells you that he really had the hopes exactly in 21 that they would, and it says, they began to grow up to the Lord. Well, of course, that's such a huge thing. So that's just cool. Okay, 2022, it tells us wars and contentions began to cease. So now we're seeing how that prosperity talked about Helaman's obedience. Now it's going to detail what that prosperity looked like. Well, it tells us that wars and contentions began to cease in the land to small degree. K23, it tells us there was continual peace. All save it were the secret combinations of the Gadiant and robbers. And it tells us that they were not known to the head of the government. So it's kind of in hiding. It's growing, but that does give the head of the government peace and it does give the people peace. And I'm sure Helaman is aware and praying and guided by God. But that is a blessing of prosperity is that peace Okay, 24, it tells us thousands did join themselves to the church and were baptized to repentance. That's huge, okay? So wars and contentions are, are starting to cease. There's peace. There's many being um, brought to the church. And then it says in 25, so great was the prosperity of the church. So many blessings poured out upon the people, and that would be the spirit. The high priests and the teachers were astonished beyond measure. How cool is that? That is so cool. Okay, 26. And they did prosper in baptizing and in uniting to the church many souls. And here it says tens of thousands of souls. So we have to understand missionary work and baptism, the salvation of the souls of the of people of God. That is what prosperity is to God. It is not financial. Okay, that's part of it. But it but really it's more this peace this protection, and this gathering souls to Christ. And I love who it says, it says, sorry, that it says in 27, the Lord is merciful to all who will call on his name. 28, the gate of hope and is gate of heaven is open to all, all who believe on Jesus Christ. 29, yea, we see whosoever will may lay hold on the word of God. All, and I love this, and at the end it says, which leads the man of Christ in a straight and narrow course across the everlasting gulf of misery prepared to engulf the wicked. It leads us to Christ. It is a straight course, and it talks about in 30, being found on the right hand of God. And that just really hit me because I thought of all these chapters we just went through where it talked about them um, running or marching, I should say, um, quickly away from the Lamanites and the dissenters in their wars. And it says over and over and over, they did not go to the right or the left. They dare not go to the right or the left, but they did march in a straight course. And all of a sudden, the symbolism of that really hit me as I read this, that it really, we do not go to the right or the left, but we march in a straight course to God. And that leads us and take saves us or 
um, protects us from falling into that gulf that is prepared for the wicked. So I really, really loved that um, analogy. And even in my own scripture reading this morning, my own scripture study, I was in 3 Nephi 29.9. And I want to read that because I really feel like this is what the message was for me today. Therefore, you need not suppose that you can turn the right hand of the Lord to the left, that he may not execute judgment. So here it is again, just being really over and over to me, the right and the left. So we are to stick to that straight course, which leads straight to God. And then here's another way that we are prospered, 33. And in the 51st year of the reign of the judges, there was peace. And we talked about that. Here it is again. Save it was a little bit of pride that began to enter the church of God. And this is what is so cool. But into the hearts of the people, not into the church of God, but into the hearts of the people who professed to belong to the church of God. And that's the distinction I wanted to make there. That's why I had that there, is that it is peace. And it's the church is perfect, although people are not. And I love that that verse is there, that it began to enter into the people, not the church. The church is perfect. So keep yourself with the church. And here in 35, it tells us how we continue can continue to do that because 34 it tells us that the people did begin to suffer the more humble people the persecutions and wade through afflictions and this tells us what we do to keep that prosperity coming keep aligned to God in 35 nevertheless they did fast and pray oft and wax stronger and stronger in humility so prosperity Fasting and praying leads to humility, firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ, firmer in your faith, unto the filling of their whole soul with joy and consolation, even to the purifying and sanctification of their hearts, which sanctification comes because of yielding your hearts to God. And that was just a huge message to me, especially at this time where it really does feel sometimes overwhelming. And I start to think, okay, Heavenly Father, I know there have been worse things that have happened in the history of the world, but it just seems like this tumult of words and this dissension that is all around us. How do I keep and how do I know what's right? And how do I know what you want me to do? And how do I serve you? Because really, it feels like I'm not doing much good within the four walls of my home. And actually, I worry that my kids get tired of only hearing my voice as we do come follow me. But here's the 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 whole key for me and the whole answer for prayer, answer to prayer for me this morning. Fast and pray oft. Okay, we need to do that. I need to do that. Wax strong. It will bring me greater and greater humility and it will make me firmer and firmer in my faith in Christ until it fills my whole soul with joy. And that is my desire, which comes from yielding my heart to him. So I can do this. Give me the strength. Give me the desire and give me the hope that if I continue to do this, that's where it will lead because that's what I want. And I love that. So it tells us um, in 37, Helaman died. Okay, so that's all he needed to, he felt he needed to record of Helaman's life because we have his father who it tells us he is very much like his dad. And then it tells us his son Nephi began to reign in his stead. And this is more important. I'm just... 
I guess, a new thing he wants to record for us because we're now 40 years before Christ and this begins this whole tale of Nephi and Lehi and all of this that really mirrors our day, which we'll start to study tomorrow. But I love this and I love this brief brief glimpse and it was such an aha to me to continue those small and simple things. I hope you know the church is true and more than that, I pray you know how much the Lord loves you.